Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message. I want to take you back in time a little bit. I want to take you back to my first day of school in kindergarten. It's time to go home at the end of the first day, and we're lining up. You either get in the car rider, walker, or bus line. I happily get in the bus line, super excited. A tag is clipped on my backpack with my bus number on it, so everybody knows which bus I should be on. I'm super excited, too, because I get to go to my grandparents' house after school. See, my mom and dad worked, and so I was one of those lucky kids who got to go to their grandparents' house um, after school. And so I loved to watch the scenery outside of the bus window. So I was the one who got on the bus, slid all the way over to the window, and couldn't wait until I could see my grandparents' house in the distance. But it wasn't long before that first day of school caught up with me, and I fell asleep. See, living in a small town meant long bus rides, because they had a lot more area to cover, right? So at some point, I did fall asleep, And I opened my eyes to this shocked face of my bus driver. See, she didn't discover that I was on the bus until she was doing her final walkthrough for the day. And boy, am I really glad she didn't skip that step. She immediately began to ask me all kinds of questions, all of which all I could really say was, I'm supposed to go to my grandma's house. Supposed to go to my grandma's house. She lives by this really, really cool place called Hilltop. Now, I know for you guys from Columbus, Hilltop means a different thing. But in my my world, Hilltop was actually the name of a convenience store right outside of town um, where you could get all kinds of really cool stuff. The bus driver radioed into the bus garage to let them know that somehow she had gotten a kid who had arrived on the wrong bus. And at this point, it's when it starts to sink into my, my little heart that, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Somehow, I had convinced myself it was my fault. I was on the wrong bus. I had made a mistake, right? So as the bus driver is pulling back up in front of my elementary school, I see in the distance my mom, my dad, my grandma, my principal, my teacher. And then I really did want to be lost. Trust me. Because I just knew I was going to get yelled at. The first day of school was going to end tragically. I was going to be in trouble. I was going to get scolded, reprimanded. Somehow this was all my fault. But when I got off the bus, slowly, thinking, here it comes, brace yourself, I was pleasantly surprised to be greeted with nothing but hugs and admirations and, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're okay. It was in this situation, I didn't even know that I was lost. But there was a whole team of people that cared and loved me enough that the minute I was missing, they began searching for me. You guys, Jesus came to find and save the lost. Will you pray with me, Father God? I just ask right now that you would just, you would just move me out of the way. 
Just move me out of the way. Lord, you have brought those here today to hear your word. And so, Father, I just ask right now that that is exactly what they would hear. They would hear your heart. They would hear your voice. Would you just open their ears and open their hearts to hear? May your Holy Spirit just fall on this room, Lord. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. So we're going to take a look this morning at Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. And this is what it says. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let's start in verse 4. Suppose one of you. Right there. Jesus is asking us to step into the role of the shepherd. He's saying to each one of us, imagine for just one minute, you have a hundred sheep. Jesus is telling us that we have a responsibility. We have a job to do. He makes it personal. See, for one person to have a hundred sheep back then would have been unheard of. The average family might have had five to 15. So to have a hundred would have meant you've got the collection of several families' sheep. And the loss of just one would have had a very severe financial impact. Let's continue reading. It says, does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? So right here, there's a couple things I want you guys to look at. The first one is he goes. He actively goes. He's searching for the lost. Jesus is telling us, we need to go. We got to go look for the lost. The second is, until he finds it, he doesn't give up. Until he finds it. Have you ever played hide and seek? Everyone goes and hides while just one person stays behind and counts. And when you reach 10 or whatever number you're counting to, you go and search for the others that are hiding. Some of them are easy to find. They're right in plain sight. But there's always that, lead, that one. There's at least one, right? It's really, really good at hiding. And when you can't find that person, do you just give up? Do you just walk away and say, eh, no big deal. I didn't need that person anyway. I would hope not. No. No, 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 no. I would hope that they are important to you. I would hope that they are valuable and that they mean something to you. So you keep looking. You keep looking until you find them. You don't stand in one spot and wait for the person to come to you unless you're playing with a toddler. No, you go. You go and you search for the person. Friends, that is the heart of Jesus. 
See, Jesus loves each of you, each of us, so much that he can't imagine not having a relationship with you. And this can be seen even in the very beginning of time when God actively goes in search of Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3, 9, it says this. It says, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? God was looking for Adam and Eve even after they had fallen to sin. That's how much he loves us. Now, I'm certain that God, the creator of the universe, the almighty, the all-knowing God, he really didn't have to ask that question, did he? But he did. I believe it's to make a point. I believe he did it to show us just how much he longed for a relationship with Adam and Eve and ultimately with us. God pursued Moses from the time he was born. And it wasn't until Moses stopped to listen at a burning bush that Moses' heart was changed. Heard of that guy Jonah? He tried to run from God. And God kept following him and following him and following him. He followed him all the way into the ocean, into the belly of a whale. Or a big fish, they say. God loves us. God seeks us. God pursues us. He pursues you. How do we know if we're one of the lost? Well, in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, We all like sheep have gone astray, and each of us has turned to his own way. At some point in time, all of us have felt like a lost sheep. We've wandered into an area of life we shouldn't have, decided to walk down a path we knew wasn't quite right for us. And maybe some of you are sitting here today thinking, um, I might be that lost sheep. Maybe you feel alone, isolated, like you're wandering without a purpose. Hold on, because I want you to hear what's coming up next. But maybe you're sitting here thinking, I don't think I'm lost. Like me on the bus, I didn't even know I was lost. It wasn't until I was found that I realized the situation I was truly in. See, it took a team of people who cared about my well-being and loved me enough to go in search of me. If there are people in your life right now that are checking in on you and praying with you, people who are encouraging you in your relationship with the Lord, but you just haven't made that all-in commitment yet, you might be the lost without realizing it. It's in John 12, 40 that Jesus helps us to understand how we can become separated or why we might be wandering. See, even after Jesus had done all of these miracles, people had seen it with their own eyes. They'd witnessed it. There were still those who didn't believe. So Jesus in this scripture is trying to help the disciples understand why this is. And in John 12, 40, this is what Jesus says. He says, he, and he's referencing Satan, has blinded their eyes, deadened their hearts, so that they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. See, the enemy wants nothing more than to make us make sure that we stay lost and wandering. But my God is more powerful than the enemy. God does not want us to remain in that lost and wandering state. He's searching for the lost, and he will not stop until he finds you. 
for those of us who are here today and at this time, you're not one of the lost. That doesn't mean you might not be in the future and you definitely remember the time when you were. Then guess what? You are the search and rescue team. You are the one that Jesus is speaking to in this parable. If you are not one of the lost, this is for you. Sheep can wander off and become lost for a multitude of reasons. They can be injured, sick, or just be separated from the flock. We have people right here in our own flock, friends, that are missing. They're valuable, and they've wandered off. Some, maybe because of tragedy in their family, and they just haven't had the strength to return. Maybe it just got really easy to watch church online, and they've allowed the enemy to convince them that it's okay to just watch from home. Friends, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now listen, for those of you who are watching from home, if you are watching from home due to a legitimate health concern, because of the risks that are still ever-present in our world today, it does not apply to you. And others may have wandered because of a miscommunication or a dis disagreement, but this is the important part, guys. Whatever the reason is, it doesn't matter. What is important is that you take a look around the room, and do you see an empty seat? Is there someone you haven't seen for a while at church? Someone in your home group, eh, they've missed a few too many meetings. Jesus is telling you that it is time to go. We have got to go and look for these people. We need to find them. We need to love them. We need to care for them. And we need to tend to their wounds. But you have to go. The lost are not going to just come to you. And don't give up until you find them. We should be bringing lost sheep into this church weekly. We should be out searching for them daily. If you don't know where to start, start at home. Is everyone in your house following Jesus? What about the people you spend your time with? People you work with? Sporting events for the kids? Are they following Jesus? Don't skip over the youth in your life either, or the kids. They're a part of the flock too. They're just as important to Jesus because Jesus is seeking and pursuing them just as passionately as he is the grown-ups. Now listen, here's where it gets really good. Because in Luke 15, 5, it says, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. When he finds it. That's my favorite part. Just another way Jesus is telling us to not give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. As I was preparing this message, 
I started doing a little bit of research on uh, canine search and rescue dogs. What I found was absolutely inspiring stories of dogs that go into the most treacherous and dangerous areas searching for people. And this can range from a missing child to buildings that have collapsed. I want to tell you a story here. It's about a dog named Tick in Indiana. March 22, 2015 was like any normal day for Mr. Furman. Just as he was heading into work, he received a call from one of the canine officers to inform him that there was an 81-year-old man who suffered from Alzheimer's and dementia who was missing since around 6.30 p.m. The call came in at 9.45 p.m. The man was wearing only a thermal shirt and pajama pants, and the temperature outside was 33 degrees at the time. After using the police department's bloodhound team, they still needed more help and wondered if Tick and anyone else from Indiana's search and response team could assist. Furman picked up Tick for duty, and another bloodhound from the team arrived with his owner. The bloodhound started first working off the scent given to him from a robe. Later, they found out that the son had also worn the robe. So they ended up tracking the son. We went to the area where the police department's bloodhound lost the trail, ran into firefighters and even a DNR officer who was riding on a four-wheeler. They advised they checked the area by eyesight and using a thermal imager. There was also a helicopter flying overhead, checking the area with a spotlight. Most of this area was surrounded by large canals with steep edges that would have been hard for anyone to get up, especially a subject that had problems getting around. We checked the edge of the canal and then worked our way into the wind back to where the officer said he lost the trail. At approximately 1.15 a.m., Tick gave out a single bark. He's taught to stay with the victim and constantly bark until I arrive. I was only a short distance away, and when I got to the victim, he was lying on his side on the bank of a shallow ravine with his head down toward the water. He was holding Tick <laughs> away from his face. See, Tick likes to lick the face on people who don't respond to him. The 81-year-old man was transported to the hospital and returned home a couple days later. His wife asked him if he remembered anything. The man remembered a dog licking his face. One thing that I read repeatedly was that these dogs have a focus and a drive that can lead them to want to work themselves to death. They know they have a job to do, and they don't want to stop until the job is done. When I stepped off the bus that first day of kindergarten, I was sure I was going to get in trouble. I just knew that somehow I had done something wrong. If we look at this parable, we see how Jesus wants us to respond when we find the lost. It says he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Joyfully. There's no scolding. There's no correction or frustration. There's only joy, love, compassion. Once again, revealing the heart of our Lord. Not only is he joyful, but he carries the sheep on his shoulders. See, the sheep 
who has wandered off is most likely tired, could be injured and dehydrated, and the shepherd knows that to save this sheep, he must carry it. Jesus knew the Pharisees who were listening to this parable would be able to understand the value and importance in a sheep because even the meanest and harshest Pharisee would be joyful at finding the lost sheep and would carry it back home. He's in, Jesus is intentional with this parable, making sure we understand just how important the lost are and how much he loves us. Just a little bit later in the book of Luke, in chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus is talking with Zacchaeus, and he says this to Zacchaeus. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. It's his purpose. It's his heart to seek and save the lost. Once we've located the lost, there might be some wounds that need to be dealt with, or they may be a little skittish because of a bad experience. But remember, our job isn't over just because we located. See, he didn't just find the sheep and say, Woo! I'm done. Well, he got to gain the trust of the sheep. We got to go where the sheep are. And it might take a minute. We need to make sure that when we go after the loss, that we are willing to be invested in the rescue. Because the rescue is the best part. Luke 15, 5 continues with, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. He calls his friends and his neighbors. He takes the sheep home and he celebrates. Guys, the rescue is that rejoicing. Just like when I stepped off the bus that first day of kindergarten and I was greeted with hugs. Hide and seek. Remember that feeling of finding the last person? That feeling of victory? That sense of accomplishment? Those search and rescue dogs, when they find what they've been trained to find, when they locate a lost child or discover someone among the rubble of a building, they alert their handler with a boisterous bark to signal success. In the story I read, the dog licked the man's face. Friends, I don't know if a dog has ever licked your face, but that's joy, okay? If you're wondering, that's joy. There's rejoicing in the rescue. That sounds great, doesn't it? Especially if you're the one that gets to go out and do the searching. It's no fun being the lost, is it? That feeling of being alone, separated, no purpose. The endless, aimless wandering from this to that looking for something to fill the void. For those sitting here today and feeling lost, I hope you heard how much our Father in Heaven loves you, how invested He is in finding you. See, while I was telling all the others what their job was, I hope you also heard in there about the love that God has for you, the lost. Matthew 28, 20 says, And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. You might have wandered, you might be lost, but God is with you. God wants you to stop wandering and listen to his voice. He wants you to turn from your sin and despair and repent. He wants to pick you up and carry you while you heal and get strong. But you have to want it. 
you have to repent. You have to say, what I am doing isn't working, Lord, and I am surrendering to the leading of the almighty shepherd. Did you hear the last part of the parable in verse 7? It says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus is asking you right now, do you need to repent? Have you wandered and need to come home to the Father? I'm going to ask now that if anyone here that has taken prayer ministry training and is part of our prayer ministry team, listen, this is important. If you feel like you are in a place where you can carry those who need help, would you come to either side of the stage as we wrap up? Friends, we have been given a responsibility. Jesus is telling us it's time to go. Go find the lost and bring them home. Go searching and don't stop until you find them. You're going to have to go where they are, friends. You're, you might even get a little dirty. But man, that rescue is so amazing. The rejoicing not only here, but in heaven. The party that comes with the return of just one lost sheep. And if you are here today and you feel like you are one of those lost sheep, can I ask you to do me a favor? Will you for just one minute, one minute, stop and listen? Do you hear the shepherd calling? Do you feel a gentle tug on your heart? Are you feeling restless in your seat right now? Because I believe that's the Lord calling you. I believe that's the Lord searching for you. Would you come and let one of these prayer ministry teams pray with you? Would you come home? Maybe you just need to do business with the Father. That's okay. You're free to come to the front section here in front of the stage and just do business with the Lord. Friends, Jesus came to save the lost. He's searching for the lost. Don't let another day go by without searching for those who are lost. Let's bring them home and rejoice. Would you please stand as we sing and respond together.